Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. God is so good, Lord. You know, guys, um, ah, he is. And I'm going to just be quiet before I come into a, a, a pool of water here. Um, and, um, yeah, so God is good. The Lord has been speaking this morning, you guys. I mean, just in the worship and in uh, Maddie's prayer. I really appreciate it, Maddie. I don't know if others received it, um, but I received your prayer, you know. As a father, I appreciate new mercies <laughs> every morning <laughs> uh, because I don't get it I'll always uh, get to dot every I and cross every T uh, but God is there and he's faithful and he makes sure that uh, wherever I'm missing he fills in the gap and uh, wherever I'm lacking he comes up behind me and I can trust him uh, not in my own strength not in my own might but I can trust him um, that he's going to take care of me as I try to take care of his children, which he's given to me. <laughs> um, but I just want to thank God for that. Uh, instructions for fathers. Ten things that fathers should instruct their children. So uh, this is instructions for fathers. Uh, I could said a, I could have said a hundred things, um, but we would have been here a lot longer, and so we're just going to do ten of them. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, but there are so many things, instructions that fathers can give their kids, from bike riding to driving cars to, you know, learning how to, I don't know, cook on the fire grill. That's my thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there are so many instructions that fathers can teach their, so many things fathers can teach their kids. Um, but these are important, and I pray that you will receive them. And, uh, and this is just the beginning. Like I said, this could be multiple. This could have been 20. Uh, I was going to do 11, but 11 is off, right? You can't do 11. So I was like, I got to do 10. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to open with some, uh, just some, you know, I was listening to a, a message, and um, they t- talked about how Billy Graham, in an l- interview with his, the late of his life, someone asked him what are one of the things that he, any regrets that he may have. And out of all the things that he could have said, you know, he could have said, I regret not winning more souls, I regret not being led by the Spirit or not ministering to all these countries. Uh, the one thing he said was, I wish I spent more time with my kids. This is Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah, it would have been, you know, we would have understood if he said, oh, I wish I would have been to this country and shared the gospel or more souls would have been saved. But that was not his regret. Uh, his only regret was that he had wished he spent more time with his kids. And so I admonish you, fathers, today, out of all the things that you do, uh, uh, all the hats that you may wear, um, that we do not forget to spend time with our kids. Um, my wife, it's, it's taken me many years to understand that um, my wife, and if you have a good wife, she will, they will appreciate your presence and not the presence that you give them. Um, and even so many years, she wants to just be with me <laughs> uh, and your kids as well. Just if they, if you have good kids, they just want to be with you. They don't care about all the things that you could give them um, and not saying that you forsake not giving them things because they will need them. Um, but what's more, most important is you being there for them. Um, and so, many, so many times as a young father, we spend so much of our time trying to provide, and, and, and the world is calling us for work and 
other things that may be calling us, and we feel like it's important so that I can do these things for my family. Uh, but let's not lose sight of the importance of you being there. Um, there's statistics out there, and I don't know the specifics, but uh, you know, having fathers is one of the best indicators of your success in life. So present fathers in your life is a good indicator of how your children, how much your children will be, will be successful. Uh, not how much money you have, <laughs> not how much education you have, but your father being in your life is an indicator of your success. And how much more our Heavenly Father <laughs> in our lives is an indicator of our success. Um, so, so let's jump into this. And as I was doing this, at the end of this, I said, oh, this could be a book. I'm not writing it, uh, but uh, someone could take this and do it. <laughs> uh, but so the first thing, so I want to venture into this because this is all we're going to be in Proverbs. And this is David's lessons or life lessons that he wants to pass on to Solomon. And so David has had a myriad of experiences, and uh, he is writing Proverbs as instructions for his son. And in many cases, you will see, at least in 10 different uh, scriptures, that David specifically says, uh, to my son, Solomon, or for my son, uh, you know, this is the lesson I want you to learn. And there's so many, like I said, you can, the whole book of Proverbs, if you did all of those, there's thousands of lessons to be learned in the book of Proverbs that you may want to instruct your children on. Uh, but we want to glean from some of the, the more important ones. Uh, but so let's jump into this. So the first one, and this can be for your sons and fathers to your daughters as well. Uh, they need this wisdom or this understanding as well. Uh, so it's not just for sons, but also just for your children in general. So 10 things that fathers should instruct their children on, and maybe 20. <laughs> uh, so the first thing, embrace wisdom. Embrace wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the, the one thing that you can do for your children is embrace wisdom, to teach them to embrace wisdom. How do we teach them to embrace wisdom is that we embrace it ourselves, right? And that is the best way to teach them to embrace wisdom is that you embrace that wisdom yourself. So you cannot be above instruction. You cannot be above correction uh, as a father. And it's important that your children see that so that they know, oh, this is the model. This is what it looks like. Uh, you may have to apologize sometimes. You may have to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I got it wrong. And they will themselves say, okay, yeah, that's, this is a good thing. It's, it's okay to apologize. But embracing the wisdom is the beginning of knowledge of God. And that's more important because you want them to fear the Lord. And so for, in order for them to fear the Lord, we need to embrace his instruction. Uh, and so that's what we're teaching them. So embrace the wisdom is the first thing. Secondly, avoid sinful people. Avoid sinful people. Proverbs 1, 10. And I'm going to, I need to get my Bible off of this because I, I normally put all the scriptures in my notes. But um, there's so many good things in here that I didn't put them all in my notes. And then I may jump around in some of these uh, passages. So, sorry, uh, Ivy, it's not all. <laughs> it's okay if they don't put it on the screen. We'll be all right. We'll, we'll get it eventually. Uh, but Proverbs 1, 
10, he says, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go there because there's more to that that I want to read. Proverbs 1 and 10. And I'm going to have to take my glasses off. Uh, he says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not be persuaded. If they say, Come with us, let us uh, set an ambush and kill someone. Let's attack someone innocent, uh, some innocent person just for fun. Let's swallow them alive, uh, still healthy as they go down to the pit. We will find the kinds of valuable property and fill our houses with plunder. Uh, throw your lots with us. All these things is what they're saying. These sinful men, you need to stay away from. Avoid them at all costs. And, and, and this should be uh without saying that this is just going to cause more trouble in your life. Uh, this is not uh, what, you sh- what you endeavor to do with your life, is to join up with a band of people who are intent on doing sin, um, intent on doing evil, intent on leading you astray. Um, and some people know when you have a call on your life, and they don't like the call on your life, and so they're going to persuade you uh, to, go out, to try to go another way. And the enemy knows the call in your life. How much so, you know, so this week, uh, you know, I've been dealing with a little cold or whatever it is, the latter part of the week. And, and there are some other people who've been attacked physically in their body. And, 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 and I said, you know, so I have to look at this and say, what, what, Lord, what are you saying in this moment? And, uh, and I'm going to pray for... Uh, uh, Nancy, uh, yeah, thank you, <laughs> uh, Elder Sam, and, and all the members who, who may be attacking. I was like, what is the Lord saying in this? And he was like, you know, when you put your mind to do what's right, <laughs> the enemy is there to try to put into your mind to do what is wrong or to dissuade you. Uh, and it not is, it's not always about uh, sinful men or sinful people. It could be just the enemy trying to dissuade you from doing what the Lord has called you to do. Avoid sinful people. Avoid sinful men. Um, at all costs. Because it could cost you your life. Uh, three, success is found in wisdom. From God and from your father or from your parents. Success is found in wisdom. If you look at Proverbs 2, 6 through 8, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk is, whose walk is blameless, for he guards the courts of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. So, in all you're getting, get wisdom, because that's where success is found. Um, and sometimes, you know, so I have a son, and he's been pretty successful thus far in his endeavor to play the violin, and I often have to remind him um, that it is not his success that we appreciate, but I, I would rather your life be one that you would honor God. And so many times we can uh, encourage our kids to pursue uh, jobs and education and things that look successful to the world and neglect the spiritual thing that's most important, which is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so many times we can push them to do those worldly things, and they will be fine. They will do those things. But is their life one that reflects 
what the Lord would have them to do. That is where success is found. So from God and from your parents who are seeking God as well, that's where success is found. Because so many times we can be fooled into thinking that this world offers success. It can look very nice and shiny and, oh, this looks good and you got the newest and latest and we can be envious of that and say that looks successful. And they got the biggest house and that looks successful. Uh, and sometimes there's a price that comes with that. Uh, me and my wife were talking about how housing prices and the interest rate. And I said, yeah, there's no way. That's not a blessing to me. <laughs> 6.9% interest rate and a high mortgage payment. That's not a blessing. <laughs> and some people will look at that and be enticed by that. But I'm not envious of that. Uh, the blessings, the blessings of God make it rich and add no sorrow, and I don't want sorrow with my blessing. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, we can't be enticed by what the world shows as successful, but we must be looking at what God and our relationship with Him, and that is where true success is found. Um, uh, theme of four: <laughs> Always keep. Love and faithfulness. Always keep love and faithfulness. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them down on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And so why is that? Why, why would the Lord say, bind these two things? <laughs> around your heart and write them on the tablet, around your neck and write them on a tablet of your heart um, because he realizes that we can lack love <laughs> and we are sometimes unfaithful in our endeavors. Um, it is easy sometimes, it was easy, it, it could go either way. Sometimes it's easy just to love your family. Some of us are just insular in our love. I just love these people. And then anyone outside of that, we find it more difficult to love. Uh, and then sometimes we find it more difficult to love our family <laughs> because of all the challenges that they, they bring. Uh, <laughs> and to be faithful to them as well. Uh, but the word it says, always let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. So it's important that we love one another. In the New Testament, it says over again how love one another, bear one another's burdens, that we love one another. It's important um, because that is how we show the true witness of Jesus Christ in our lives. Because the world lacks that love. There's community, there may be relationship, but they don't lack sincere love for one another. Where we're praying for one another, where we're... Uh, striving with one another and supporting one another. Um, and as fathers, we may need that support. And we need to support one another and love one another. So make sure that's always around your neck and on the tablet of your heart that you're loving and faithfulness. And you're loving and faithfulness to your children, and they will show that as well. Always. And then if you do this, the word says, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. There's twofold. You want to win favor with God, but definitely. Uh, he also says, I'll give you favor with men if you love and have faithfulness around you at all times. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.20. Guard your heart. 
we're halfway done. <laughs> Proverbs 4, 20 through 27 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. This is one of the specific ones where I, I chose. He says, My son or my daughter, my children, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to the words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and help to one's old body. Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep your corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path uh, for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Guard your heart. This is interesting because this is coming from David. So David knew what he was talking about because this is the area that he struggled in. (laughs) And he did not guard his heart. And he's given this to Solomon, Bathsheba's son, the son uh, that he had that he killed uh, Bathsheba's husband. He wanted her and, got, and had an illicit affair with her and got her pregnant. And the first child passed away, but then they had Solomon. And so David is speaking from experience. He says, I know what happens when you don't guard your heart. And this is encouraging to me because it means that you don't have to get it all right, Father. <laughs> you don't have to go to every t-ball game and every soccer game and every concert <laughs> Speaking for myself, <laughs> uh, that it is okay to miss some of them. It doesn't. I, I often tell young fathers uh, for, at work who are trying to get off to get to these games and stuff. I say, hey, it's okay if you miss a few. They don't remember them half the time anyway. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes we wear that as a badge of honor that I did not miss a game. And so that means that the father who missed a game feels bad because he missed a game. I'm giving you grace in that area to miss a game. <laughs> Uh, God will make sure uh, that he covers you if you miss a game or a concert or whatever the case may be. Um, not saying that you shouldn't endeavor to go to those things, uh, but you, you don't have to go to all of them. You will find that you'll be going to them for a lifetime, like I am, <laughs> committed to going. You'll be flying to them where you could just drive to the game. Now you got to fly to a different state to go to the concert. Uh, but God is faithful. <laughs> Uh, but in doing that, you're setting yourself up to teach your kids that, you know, you, you love them, you want to be there for them. But in, directly, we're talking about guarding your heart. Guarding your heart. Teaching, David knew what, what he lacked in guarding his heart. And so he definitely wanted to teach Solomon that he should guard his heart. He, he, he gets very specific, and you can read in, the, uh, in this chapter as well, chapter 4, where he talks about the things that you should do to guard your heart. You know, keep your mouth from perversity and uh, corrupt talk and look straight ahead and all those things that we should be teaching our children because there's so much out there that is enticing them and pulling them away. So much on these things right here that can just get their hearts led astray and led, and led, a, led to a lifestyle that we don't want them to be in. So it's important that we teach them to guard their hearts. And guarding their hearts looks like, hey, being com- submitted to the Holy Spirit. To bring in thoughts under captivity. 
that don't line up with the Word of God. So one, you need to know the Word of God. And so then when you have a thought that doesn't line up with it, you can cast that out. If you don't know the Word of God and then you have a thought that doesn't line up with the Word, well, you don't know the Word of God, so then you don't know the thought that doesn't line up, and then you accept the thought because you didn't know the Word of God. And then, ten years later, when you realize this thought was wrong, now you've got to rebuke this and take this out of your mind because it didn't line up with the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God so that we can guard our hearts and teach our children the Word so that they can guard their hearts. Because it's important. We're not, we're not going to be with them forever, you guys. <laughs> They're going to leave home. <laughs> they may even leave the state. <laughs> They're going to leave home, right? <laughs> uh, they may leave and go down the street. And they may leave and go to a different country or uh, another side of the world. And so it's important that we teach them skills now so they can go out. It talks about the arrow. I think in Psalm 124 it talks about a, a quiver is full, a father's quiver is full, and he, and he shoots his arrow. Well, the arrow's job is not to stay in the quiver, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not real an arrow until you point that thing and shoot it out, right? That, that's when it's being utilized for what it's called for. The quiver is just to hold it there. It's your home is just to hold it. You know, hey, this is preparation for what you're called to do. Which is I'm called to, be, as a father and as your mother, to point you in the right direction and release you to where God wants you to go. Not to keep you back here. If you're back here, then you're not, you're not being used. What good is the arrow if it just stays back there? I need to get you in the right direction, teaching you these things, instructing you so now when I release you in the direction that the Lord told me that you should go, then, I, then you go and I release you. And there, will, there will come a time. We, we hate that. <laughs> Our son is turning 21 tomorrow. And my wife would love for him to be 12 again, I'm sure. But <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> There's no Benjamin Buttons here. We're not going backwards. <laughs> we must go forward. Um, but yeah, so and even in thinking that, you know, it made me think, oh, this is the season when I became a father. She's our first child. Um, there are great joys with that. And I remember being very afraid as well uh, as a new father. Like, what do you do with this little baby? And I hope I am all up for the task. And now looking back on that, no, I wasn't up for the task and I didn't do everything right. But God is faithful. <laughs> And where I lacked, he picked up the pieces. Um, and I had a praying wife, and she was patient with me and uh, helped me out a lot as well. Um, I think we're at six. I got these numbers. Yeah, we're at six, right? I'm just testing y'all to make sure you're keeping, y'all are keeping track. All right. yeah. <laughs> in my outline, I have certain other things in my outline, so they're not numbered exactly the way. The 10. So I actually have like 12 different things in my outline, but only 10. Yeah, it, it's a long story. It's not <laughs> Six. Yeah, you got to keep up because I'm not. <laughs> Avoid sexual immorality. Proverbs 5, 11 through 14. Avoid sexual immorality. Specifically here it talks about adultery, but I think that in, that's inclusive of fornication and all sexual immorality. Proverbs 5, 11 through 14. Um, let me go here. So 11 says, at the end of your life, 
you will lament when your physical body has been consumed and you will say how I hated discipline and how I, my heart despised correction. I did not obey my teachers or listen closely to my mentors. I was on the verge of complete ruin before the entire community. This is what happens when you give yourself over to immoral acts. Uh, and a, a sexual immorality in particular. That at the end of your life, you, don't, you do not want this to be said. <laughs> this is not a good thing. At the end of my life, you will lament when your physical body has been consumed. And you will say, how I hated discipline. I did not bring my body unto, into captivity and did what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I gave myself away. And so now there's nothing left in, in the world uh, and my entire community is in ruin because of my behavior, my sexual immorality. And so it, you go into verse 5, I think it says um, 1. Yeah, 5 1 says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom, listen closely to my understanding, that you may maintain discretion, and that your lips safeguard knowledge. Your lips are forbidding for women who drip honey. Um, and so particularly, this, again, this is particularly talking to, again, this is David talking to Solomon, particularly about adultery. But in general, I think this, you can learn the lesson to stay away from sexual immorality in general. Because David goes in specific details about staying away from illicit women who will entice you. And there are illicit men who will entice women as well. So this is just not a one-sided kind of conversation that we want to have. Because um, we are teaching our daughters this as well. But we want to Avoid sexual immorality. Seven. Work hard. Also known as don't be lazy. <laughs> Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision, provisions in the summer and gather, gathers its food at harvest. Don't be lazy. There's not a lot I can say about that. You know. Work hard. <laughs> hard work pays off. Um, and this is not in, in just in your um, – work hard in everything you do. It's not just in your, your work, your profession or vocation. Um, but work hard in your spiritual life. Work hard in whatever the Lord has called you to do, whether it's your work, your uh, in what you do for the Lord, in your church, in your community. Do it wholeheartedly and work hard. Just not, just not flippantly get into something and do it lackadaisical uh, because that destroys your witness. I, I work in an area where there's various departments and pe- new people come in and um, – and I'm working at a paper mill, and one thing they say uh, we make more. One thing that we make more than paper is rumors uh, <laughs> and gossip. <laughs> and and what happens is sometimes in, someone comes and works in a department, and they're known to be lazy, or somebody identifies them. Oh, they're lazy in this department. You best believe by the end of the day, the whole mill knows that this person is lazy, and they may be new, and they may not like that department. And so they feel like oh, I'm just going to, um, you know, not do a good job over here. But when I go to this department, I'm going to do, do, do a good job. But what they lack of lack of understanding that you don't realize is now because they were lazy in this department, everyone in the whole mill thinks they're lazy. 
And no matter, sometimes, if you go to a new department and work hard, the word is that you're lazy, and so you're labeled lazy. <laughs> so I always tell new guys coming in, no matter where you go, no matter what department you go into, I don't care if you dislike that department, work hard because if you don't work hard in that department, everyone in the mill is going to know you're lazy and they're going to say such. And even if you're not, if you go to another department because you like that department and choose to work harder in that department, it doesn't matter. It doesn't negate the fact that you were lazy in that department, in the original department. Does that happen everywhere at work? I mean, sometimes it's me. I, I work with a bunch of guys. I, I swear to the most gossiping group of people in the world. There's <laughs> always something going on. It's like, oh, can't y'all just get along? <laughs> just love one another. Um, but yeah, work hard in every area in your life, in whatever you do. Work hard. And that will follow you. So an adverse, if you're lazy, that will follow you. If you work hard, it will follow you as well. Um, eight. Eight. <laughs> Choose your friends wisely. Ah. Choose your friends wisely. Proverbs 23. We're going to jump to 23, verses 19 through 21. And it says, Listen, my son, and be wise and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poorer and drowsiness clothe them in rags. <laughs> Let me see, read that again. Do not join those who drink too much wine and gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothe them in rags. Choose your friends wisely. So many times we may say, well, I can't choose my, my uh, children's friends. You can't, but you can definitely direct them. <laughs> and you can also expose them. Where, so where you're exposing them to certain areas, you can control that environment some and how they choose their friends. Um, choose your friends wisely. Um, nine, seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6 says, The wise prevail through great power, and those who have knowledge muster their strength. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and the victory is won through many advisors. Seek wise counsel. We should be teaching our kids to seek wise counsel. And how do we do that again? Is that we seek wise counsel. <laughs> they need to see us not being... Um, a theocracy, but we are looking to get many advisors to advise us as we go make a plan. And sometimes that would include, if your father and you're married, you're, you're, that would include your wife and also your children's input. To say, hey, we're going to make a decision. I want your input in this. And they see that and they say, okay, this, this is how things, this is how life is done. That is not just dad makes a decision and everyone can disagree with it, but he still forges on. But it's, hey, we're going to get everyone's input, and then we make a decision, and then we go about it together. I think it's so much, and I've learned it sometimes the hard way, <laughs> but it's so much easier when you get buy-in, when people feel like they're part of the plan, they're part of the process, that it makes the work so much easier when you go forward. 
versus you say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And no one had any idea that was what we were going to do, and no one wanted to do it that way. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, that's not the best way. <laughs> but sometimes we forge ahead, and then we realize after the fact, oh, that was not the best way. Uh, <laughs> and that's when you have to come back and apologize to show them that you can be, and you're, you're seeking wisdom, and you can be instructed. And discipline, you can be disciplined as well. So seek wise counsel. And finally, and again, this is the 10th one, and this is not, uh, this could have been 20 or 30, many things as parents or fathers in particular that we can teach our kids. Uh, But this is important um, to have a great life. (laughs) And this is choose your spouse wisely. Ah, this is good. So I just celebrated 25 years married on, uh, praise the Lord, on June 6th. So that lovely young lady there, she was crazy back in 1998 when she decided to, <laughs> decided to get married. And uh, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? <laughs> First of all, I would have thought I would wind up in Lynchburg because I didn't know where Lynchburg was or what a Lynchburg was. <laughs> back then, uh, but knew God had a plan for our life, and, um, you know, even early on, I knew I was called into the ministry, and I remember telling Dethia, I said, are you, are you, remember, like, are you, do you want to sign up for this? Because <laughs> I knew the Lord had a, a work for me, and I knew he had to work in me, which is more important. Um, and changed my heart and, and, and changed my mind, and I was stubborn, and I thought I knew it all at 23 when we got married. That seemed so young, uh, but God had a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, there were things that you know you look back on now and you realize, man, this is God's doing because I would have chose. I would. I don't know if I would have could have chosen a better wife than the wife that I have currently. Uh, and forever. <laughs> um, and it wasn't my wisdom, but it was God's wisdom. It had to be because I was young and foolish. Uh, it was God's wisdom. And that can, uh, and I admonish you to teach your kids to choose wisely when they look for a spouse. Proverbs 31.10 says, wife of noble character, who can find? And, and I would admonish you to say, you know, for those who have daughters, Say uh, um, a man of a righteous man who can find. You want to find your your daughter's righteous men and your your son's um, noble wives. And so, what do you do? How do you how do you teach them that? And the example you have is the one in front of you. Uh, the, your marriage is the key that they look at to say, "Hey, this is what a marriage should look like. Um, this is how." You work together. Doc, we, um, we, we had a little apartment on Lake Willow Road <laughs> in Raleigh. Um, we made it work. Look at God. <laughs> uh, but God has been faithful. And in seeking his wisdom, and we sought godly counsel. We, got, we had premarital counseling, and uh, we were saved and wanted to do what the Lord has called us to do. And so... In, in, in that endeavor, he blessed us. Uh, we had great friends around us that uh, modeled what godly couples look like. 
and, and I'll be honest, we have several friends of ours who celebrated 25 years this year and last year and the year to come, be, and they're all together, right? I think I no one's broken up, because God was there in the midst of that, and we all were seeking him. And it wasn't just for selfish reasons or, you know, this is what I wanted to do, but we wanted to seek the Lord uh, and what he had for our lives. And so we, we were submitted to our leaders, and they blessed us, and uh, and they continue to bless us. And so thank God for that. Uh, but, yeah. And so in all these things, I'm going to try to close up. I'm sorry I'm running long. Uh, I'm rambling. But <laughs> in all these things, uh, it's important that, you know, God wants fathers to instruct their children on these matters. But our Heavenly Father is there to instruct us on these as well. So let's not miss that, that this is, uh, this is a lesson for David teaching Solomon, and we can glean from that as fathers to teach our children. But more importantly, our Heavenly Father teaches us these lessons, and that he wants us to learn this. And to, I just want to quickly, I won't go there, but there's a covenant that God has with David in 2 Samuel. It's found in 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 17. It talks about building uh, the temple and that God doesn't have a house. And he gives his word to Nathan, and Nathan goes to uh, David and gives him the word of the Lord. And I think that it's so important that we, um, I don't know what promise God has that he's told you about for your children or what he wants you to do in your life. But I think that uh, David was so intentional in writing the Proverbs because of this promise that he had from God. That he wanted him to, he wanted, knew that Solomon was going to build the temple. That David gathered the materials, but Solomon was to build the temple. And he knew I need to instruct Solomon well in this so that he can build, God, build God's house. And so it's almost like when we talked about how when you're learning, when you're get, receiving instruction, it's one thing to receive instruction when you don't have to have a test. But it's another thing to receive instruction when you know you've got to do something with it. And so when you know that i got to use this now. And so, and so the teacher finds it more important for me to pass this on to you because I know God is going to use you in that way, and he's going to help finish the work that he started in me. And that is more important for us, if we see that as parents, that God is going to use your kids to finish the work that he started in you. And so how much more important it is now for me to instruct them. I need to be more intentional about me spending time with my kids and teaching them and showing them in the word and and making sure they know God's word and making sure that I know their struggles so that I can walk with them through it because when dad's not here and mom's not here, they need to know that they have a a father God who they can go to. And they need to know these things because they're going to help build the next generation that I may not reach and I may not even be here to see. But they're there to bring that forward. And so that's why... That's why you have Proverbs. It's a whole book of instructions for Solomon. Because David realized this is so important that I just can't uh, haphazardly do this. I need to be intentional about the work that I do for my son, for my children, because they're going to go forward and do what God has called us to do in the future. So I admonish you fathers and mothers, uh, but particularly fathers on today, uh, to receive the word that he's called you to do. And maybe he's called your children to do as well. And to be intentional about teaching and instructing your children. And some of you may have grandchildren and you feel like, hey, 
my children are grown, and I, I, I do the best that I can. Take your grandkids and teach them, or your great-grandchildren at this point, and teach them. But uh, we need to be intentional about instructing our children, fathers, uh, to be submitted to the Lord. And how we do that best is submit ourselves. You may stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.